Welcome to Nerd Geek Dork. It's our podcast where we talk about nerdy, geeky, and dorky topics on a semi-regular basis with our nerdy, geeky, and dorky friends. I'm Pete the Retailer. With me is my co-host, L. Adam. Hello. This is our first episode, uh, and the first topic that we chose to discuss was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. It's a lovely film from 1984, directed by Steven Spielberg, with a story by George Lucas. It's actually a prequel to the Indiana Jones uh, saga, uh, starring Indiana Jones, of course, the future Mrs. Spielberg, Kate Capshaw, and Jonathan K. Kwan, also known as Data from The Goonies. Our nerdy friends, uh, nerdy, geeky, dorky friends for this episode were Damon, Steve, Song, and Joe. So let's get into it. All right, let's do it. I watched Temple of Doom the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, it was better than the last time I remembered, but still, I don't... It's still it's my awesome least movie. favorite. Your least favorite? It's my least favorite. Well, not including Wait. whatever. The, the <laughs> you don't even want to say movie. it. <laughs> but <laughs> out of the three, out of the trilogy, it's my least favorite. Definitely. Actually, can can I can I? Oh, never mind. What? No, I was gonna I was gonna let you bring up your statement today, Pete. That made me want to punch you in the face. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. Walking to lunch earlier, I said that uh, the gap between Short Round and Jar Jar is not as big as you would think. No, oh, come and on. He, he plays kind of what? the same role. He he just you know walks around, screams a lot, says cute things, accidentally gets into trouble. Which one? Which one? Yeah, I don't know, but he's more racist. Jar Jar. Probably Jar Jar. I mean, uh... well, he is. A, he's a. Te- he's his, He's kind of his partner. He's a sidekick, but he, you know, he helps Indy out all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Sure but he also good. does. You know, there's like Sometimes drives the car with blocks on his feet. Feels like exactly. I'm walking fortune cookies and like <laughs> like I'm stuck on fortune cookies, <laughs> which weren't even invented. You know, he right. was, maybe they were, but they're American, so he he wouldn't even know. Oh, and if it God. wasn't for you know, if it wasn't for his love of Indiana Jones, he'd never. You know, Indy would never stop being brainwashed, you know? Well, I'm not That's saying right. he doesn't serve a purpose. I mean, Jar Jar serves a purpose ostensibly in that movie, but... You know, you know, now that I think about it, now, considering that, like, if you were born in the mid-70s and you saw Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when you were, like, 10 years old or something... Yeah. And, and you're, like, from the suburbs where you don't meet a lot of people of different races... Short round might be your introduction to racial caricatures of Asian people. You yeah. know, like do we really need that? I, I wish all the Asian good. people I met were like short round. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> short round isn't the only racist thing about the movie. There, there's also you know all the Indian stuff. I don't believe that the Indian stuff in the movie is is uh, is racist at all. I mean, I, uh, you'd have to say that the chick is a racist caricature of whiny white women. I mean, <laughs> white people. You know? Yeah, like, it's not, there's not enough of it to say that it's something that they're doing habitually. All, just, the, all that we can glean from it is that, is that those people that they meet at that palace are disgusting. But there's, <laughs> there's really nothing. Uh, there's no connection between them and Indians elsewhere. And I, I agree. They're not really like a racial caricature. They're just like... <laughs> Very specific 
freaky people in this movie. And they're very unrealistic and over the top. All you see of the people of India, they land first in a village where everybody's just kind of dirt poor, which is a lot Mm. of what India is, which is fine. But then they also... Is it fine? I mean... Is it fine? (laughs) I would... I still want to know what that food is that they offer them. So I have a question then. I, about this is going to the stereotyping thing. Why then, if if we're going to look at short round as uh, <laughs> a, stere- a stereotypical Asian and an introduction to stereotyping of Asians, then why have we chosen to ignore like the thirty Asian guys that we meet at the beginning of the movie, where short round before short round even shows up in the Shanghai sequence? Yeah, Lao Che. Right. Like, I don't think there's anything racist together. about that. About Lao Che or about Short Round? Lao Che or, like, his sons or, like, the waiter or even Short Round. It's like the entire movie is a throwback to, you know, adventure films and everything sort of, like, (laughs) caricatures of everything, which isn't, I don't think... And it's broad strokes, and plus, in the first scene, you see uh, Indy's got, he's got two uh, Asian partners. He's got Short Round, and he's got the other guy who's the waiter. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. You know... He's not, there's nothing negative about his portrayal. He's just like a nice guy that dies right away for something. Yeah, he sacrifices himself. There's something to be said for Chad or Lai, who, uh, you know, is sort of a liaison when uh, Indy and Willie and Shorty come in. He's, Roshan Seth. Yes, that guy. He's a... Uh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Whatever. He's, uh, <laughs> He's in Gandhi. Yeah, he plays Sorharal uh, Nehru. He plays Nehru. Gandhi's, He's yeah. Gandhi's buddy. He's the guy that invented the... the the shirts that all science fiction characters would wear for the next 30 years. Um, he, uh, he actually offers an insight into the political tension of, uh, of the time in India as well, because he, you know, he, he's putting up with, with the British occupation, and he's none too happy about all of it. You know? right. So you really, you really hear him like as, as an intelligent uh, and dissonant character who's just biding his time before he can say, like, you know, get the fuck out of here, Britain. You know, and I think that's an interesting character. You know, it's not, and he's 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 set he's set betwixt the monkey brain stew and the snake <laughs> surprise, and I had bugs for lunch, and you know, then, all that stuff. But then he's part of the like he shows up in the in the temple. He's part of the thuggy cult, and then he is. He is. But he's brainwashed. He's brainwashed like Indy. You know, right. he's just a victim too. And then at the end, they're saved by the British. The one, the little kid saves them because he brings the British to save them. <laughs> That's true. He's mm. probably the character with the most of an arc in that movie, right? Like, he actually kind of... <laughs> the Maharaja. And yeah, yeah, he probably does. At the end, he almost... Isn't he, like, pledging to lead his nation into, like, a new age of enlightenment? That's in the middle, before he's brainwashed. No, while he's brainwashed. While he's brainwashed. I think brainwashed, it's but just state of putting up a front. Brainwashed, brainwashed. He's in the, the black sleep of Kalima. This is my favorite <laughs> character, actually, in the movie, is that kid with the giant lats, who's like, uh, soon you will drink the blood of the Kali and forever <laughs> <Yeah>. sleep. <laughs> he looks like the walking dead. So, because, like, Temple of Doom is a prequel, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So did Short Round just, like, get killed on some, some adventure of Indiana Jones at some point? I like to imagine that Short Round dies... In like the ten minutes before the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark, like some native, like the Hovitos actually kill Short Round. Like Satipo and Short Round went on the adventure with him. Yeah, 
and uh, short round just like hit a wall of spikes. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, don't pick up that apple. He <laughs> has more more appearances in uh, in the Marvel Comics's uh, Adventures of Indiana Jones. Oh, um, and then you know. Then there's some some nonsense about him searching for Sasquatch. Maybe he just leaves him in the village, you know? Yeah, like he's happy about the elephant, and Indy won't let him take it with him, so... (laughs) They went through a lot to try to touch on everything in the... the, I was about to call it the monkey movie. What's the crystal skull? They should have at least mentioned Short Round. You know, they mentioned that... Marcus and and uh, his father both died. Like Marion's in it, and you know they they touch on a lot of old stuff, but they didn't. <laughs> right. They didn't but even no talk about short round. <laughs> they should, yeah. Like they show that photo of his dad next to it. There should have been like an urn, with, like <laughs> it just says short round beneath it. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe he's like or his baseball cap on the mantle, or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> or something. <you> know? <laughs> Maybe in the next movie, Short Round shows up. There's a new one a coming villain. out. And he fights uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, that would be, that's very Ooh, comic book yeah. bring him back as the villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it would take better place. Better than the Dark Knight Strikes again. Now he's he's tall, he's tall, square. That's his... That's his... That's One of my favorite things about Temple of Doom is that it, it, that it is so dark. You know, it's like, like everything is just kind of let go. I mean, there's, it. I don't think that it, it spends as much time trying to be realistic like Raiders does. It, it, uh, you know, it's pretty much just like fantasy from, from the beginning. You know, like I, I actually really enjoy that for me. And I think as, as a kid, and even, even now, especially, I think, uh. The ability to sort of to get away and and to just experience something that's that's totally separate from my own reality is is why I go to movies. You know, it's the reason why I can't stand watching The Wire, for instance. You know, because if I want to see drug dealers shooting each other and you know acting tough, I can go stand on my stoop and look at the street. You know, I don't I don't want that. I want uh, I want the escape. You know, and Temple of Doom has so much of an escape in it. That, right. That it's it's wonderful to me, but it doesn't feel as fun. Maybe it's just because the the whole middle is underground, so there's no sunlight. But it feels like there's less. I don't want to say whimsy because that makes it sound, you know, like it like there should be a dog show or something. But like it just seems like less fun than Raiders or uh, Last Crusade to me. It's kind no, of weird. He's no Marcus Brody. Yeah, no mm. Marcus, no Sala. That's why there's no less Sala. I, gu- I guess there is a lot of peculiarities about the tone of the film because I actually think it's a much more humorous film than Raiders. Raiders takes itself much more seriously than Temple Except of the Doom. jokes are bad. I, I mean, that's you could argue that. But, like, Raiders has its comic relief, but it's not a funny movie. Temple of Doom is, like, A, going for, like, this really dark thing, but then with the Willie Scott and the short round, it's going for a lot of like goofy, jokey comedy, too. I think it works, but I can see why people would just be confused by that, too. Like me, I, I have overwhelming love for Temple of Doom, but I am the youngest here by a few years. Like So I first saw it on TV. I wasn't old enough to see it in theaters. Um, 
And like I told Pete once before, it kind of was around the same time as The Goonies for me. So it's just like one of those total like escapism fantasy things when you're a kid that it's like the coolest thing ever. Um, mm. And oddly enough, I mean, Raiders is great. Uh, Last Crusade, I'm not super crazy. I mean, it's good, but I'm not. But Temple is my favorite <coughs> of all of them. Yeah. Mm. I mean, but then yeah. you're talking to a guy who actually saw Spaceballs before he saw Star Wars. So, I mean. So your opinion <laughs> well, counts for nothing. Exactly. <laughs> I think that you touched on you something that this is yeah. an issue for me with Temple of Doom as well. And I think it's one of the reasons why I like it more. It's my favorite of the of the three. But um, it's the escapism aspect of it. You know, I was kind of saying before that uh, I think that the success of those movies is that um, they managed to he managed to strike a pretty good balance between uh, between just all out fantasy and and making fantasy believable. I mean, nobody's saying it. Like if you look at Raiders of the Lost Heart, the things that people say are are things that people actually say you know even though you've got you know ghosts flying out of a uh, uh, golden arc and making people's faces explode and melt you've also got you know the added realism of hey i'm gonna beat up this guy and steal his uniform oh no the uniform doesn't fit which i, I don't think it ever really been in a movie before you know so right. see i get all the criticisms of temple of doom but like there's a lot of sequences in there that are spielberg really hitting home runs in terms of visceral action like that sequence in the beginning where like the way it builds where like the antidote falls on the ground and there's the diamond and then the ice gets knocked over and the chick's looking for the diamond and he's looking for the antidote and they're like fucking chaos is going on but at the same time you understand the whole time what's going on there's no point where you're like huh what what i mean you might think it's kind of silly but I don't know. I, I still think it's a really well executed piece of uh, this. It's like sequences, sequence wise. There's a lot of well executed yeah. stuff in that film. Right. I, I agree. It's like it's clearly like they boarded everything out instead of just sort of like you know, hey, okay, then some stuff happened. Like it's totally planned out all the way through, and it's edited to tell the story in a way that that makes sense. You know. You know what's also interesting about Spielberg because I like Spielberg a lot. His older stuff more so than his current stuff, but. As good as he is, he's also, I, in my opinion, he's the inventor of the Hollywood technique. It's rampant now of if we just say it and do it really fast, no one will notice that it didn't make any sense. Because <laughs> there's a lot, there's like two or three things in Raiders, despite it being a great film, where you're like, wait, hold on, whoa, whoa, what just happened? Like, how does he get out of the map room? Yeah, how the fuck does he survive on the, the, the submarine? And I think in Temple of Doom, there's a lot of stuff like that, too. And for some reason, I, I think just because Temple of Doom is so goofy, people aren't willing to grant. People aren't, you know, you don't want to... Yeah, you're not, you're not going to let it slide on completely ridiculous shit. Whereas with Raiders, you just fucking love the movie so much, you're like... I just assume this film is smarter than me and I missed something, you know? <laughs> it's always uh, embedded in my brain, that movie. Uh, like, if I play, I don't know if you guys have ever played uh, Donkey Kong Country. Whenever, no. <laughs> I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few, like, minecart stages. And the only thing I think of is Indiana Jones every single time. Now, people can shit on Temple of Doom all they want. And, and I get it because it doesn't really work as like a piece of 
narrative filmmaking, traditional narrative filmmaking. It makes no sense as a movie. But it had, like, the, the mine car chase is one of the all time greatest action sequences, in my opinion, of all time. I hmm. agree. Like, you take that scene by itself, and, like, everything about it, like, the combination of, like, the, of miniatures versus, like, scale stuff, uh, even the sound design, like, it's, like, the first half of it, there's no music. The music comes in halfway. There's all these little elements, and, like, you look at, like, a good chase scene in a movie. I just saw that, that uh, what is it, the um, Born Legacy film. Do you guys see those movies? No, no. Yeah. All the chase scenes are just like there's a car and then there's lots of shaky camera and you don't know what the yeah, hell's going yeah. on. You can't and tell every element of that. The reason that mine car chase scene works so good is because you're like you're along the whole time and you know everything that's going on. You can tell when that other car comes up and you can tell when a guy brings out a gun. You can tell when the jump is coming. It's just a really amazingly executed scene that I don't think gets enough credit in film. Yeah. Even despite the scene where you can see that they're dummies in the cart, because that just adds to that. Yeah, I mean, you can tell that they're dummies a lot of the time, but I mean, you always know movies are fake. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. The movie's dated, but when you watch that movie for the first time in the theater and it was just (laughs) coming at you, there was you never were like, "Look, they're little miniatures," because it's super fast. No, you didn't watch it three thousand times. The end of Raiders, where those guys' faces (laughs) melt, right? That's fake as shit. Right. But, yeah. like, it's still, like, the imagery of it is still horrifying and awesome. I think that the I think the minecart chase still works in that sense as a piece of, like, action sequence storytelling or whatever you want to call it, you know? Yeah, for that type of scene, it's really well done. I felt, this week watching it, I felt like it was a little long, but... I can was, see that. It was still good. And it was... I, I do really hate the camera moving everywhere, can't tell what's going on, whirling dark yeah. shapes kind of yeah, action yeah. stuff that goes on these days. I, I would say it's a very over-bitched about film. It, it, it certainly hasn't aged well as a piece of uh, film that you sit and watch repeatedly on DVD or whatever. But I, I mean, I remember seeing that in the theater and it's just... It was as a nonstop roller coaster ride of a movie. It was fun as hell. Well, and I think some of that is lost yeah. now because of the way you watch movies now. I one of the things I loved as a kid seeing that film was just the, like the whole, you know, it starts in this like ritzy uh, club in Saigon or Shanghai. Club Obi Wan. Club Obi Wan. Yeah. Um, and you know, and it ends up like in the middle of the 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 shitty desert in India and like. I don't know. I just always thought that was really cool. Like all the places the film goes, you know, it's really uh, for something so silly. It's kind of really epic. Why does it go there? Why does it go from China to wherever uh, that weird little village? Because they bailed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it's just purely like bad luck that they just. Well, they came to Shiva, and Shiva sent them to help the village. Or yeah, they were on Lao Che's plane, Lao Che Air Freight. Which then the pilots were yeah. under his employ, and they just oh yeah yeah they grabbed the, you know, they're not sinking they're crashing <laughs> no more parachutes. Speaking of yeah. which, by the way, have you guys ever noticed the change in Willie Scott's voice as they slide down the mountain in the raft? No, like she when they're sliding down the which you know is I mean that that scene is completely over the top and ridiculous because no way they would live for right. anybody that says no way that would happen you know but uh. <laughs> 
yeah, when they're sliding down the hill, she goes, I hate one thing and I hate another thing. And then she goes, and I, I hate you. It's like, I mean, yeah, it sounds like does... Palm Death or something. <laughs> She's like, I hate you. Like, you. Did you know that The Temple of Doom was one of the main movies that led to the PG-13 rating? It, it was actually the movie that led to the PG-13 rating. But they said it was that and Gremlins combined. Yeah, Gremlins, yeah. <laughs> well, it was basically Spielberg who wanted to make violent movies but not rated R. And the first one was uh, Red Dawn. Was yep. the first one to get it? Yep. Oh. In Dawn. my head, I thought that was PG-13. Have they retrograded it, or is it still PG? <laughs> no, like, if you get the PG. DVD. Well, you know, I remember at the time it came out, the heart removal uh, sequence was really the main point of contention you know and they they were considering uh removing that scene and then um re-releasing it in the theater with the with like a new edit so that uh they could keep a pg rating but i don't think they actually ever released a pg-13 one what rating did um raiders get when it came to the theaters pg pg yeah because i just saw it on imax yesterday and like he says like shit at one point i'm just like oh okay yeah well he's got does he say shit in last crusade because <laughs> he's got he say shit everything he says is shit in Last Crusade. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like he has like they have like a token in the first two movies. It felt like his token one password per movie. When was when was the word shit invented? Because I mean, Indiana Jones is supposed to take place in the forties. Did people 30s. even have shit back then? Oh yeah, yeah. In 30s, Indiana yeah. Uh, shit is a. It comes from uh, the Latin word. Uh, I think uh, shiare, which means to separate or to cut into pieces. So it's it's been around for a long time, like um, like Middle English, you know. Oh yeah, hundreds of years. I just googled shit, and it comes from <laughs> from Old English. Yeah, from the word dung. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the word. I mean, the word for dung. The noun sight. For dung. Yeah. Yeah. Temple is a prequel to both of them, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Which, he is really frightened of the snakes at one point, but they're, when they're serving the snake surprise, mm. he doesn't react at all. He's just having this conversation about the, you know, the British colonialism and, and having you know, there's just snakes wriggling all over the table to his right. Huh. I think the surprise of snake surprise is that it wasn't full of snakes, it was eels. Yeah, oh. it was full of eels. Yeah, no. the snake that it, they came out of was actually dead. No. Plus, so that's why he was. wasn't afraid. Yeah, yeah. He's not afraid, he's of, afraid of living snakes. I am much more afraid of eels than snakes because eels are like snakes that can move in three dimensions. And plus, they shoot lasers or something. Yeah, <laughs> laser eels. Laser eels. Yes. Temple of Doom is is the only one where you don't get to see Indiana Jones like as a professor, right? Do you ever get that's to see him right, as a yeah, professor? Now he's- He's never, yeah, he's never a professor in that one. No, but you get to see him in a suit, so you still get to see him in uh, true non-adventure garb. Which also contains one of my favorite, you know, dialogue exchanges in history, the uh, the poison you just drank, the whole antidote one. Yeah. It's great. I mean, I still quote that to this day if I give hand someone a drink at a bar or something. I, I don't do it to strangers because that would be creepy. But, yeah. You don't just walk up to people and say, the poison you just drank, Dr. Jones, and like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, <laughs> I could do that if I buy a drink for a lady, though. Would you like the antidote? 
<laughs> that's creepy. No, so what do you guys think? All right, most people hate uh, Willie Scott, right? That seems to be one of the most divisive elements of of Temple of Doom. What are you guys' thoughts on Willie Scott? See, I love Willie Scott. I do too. Yeah, yeah, see? totally. No, I see. That's why I couldn't play Lego Indiana Jones on the. On the <laughs> power was screaming. Because yeah, I got stuck in the Club Obi Wan level, and she was just screaming nonstop, and I was like, I, I have to stop. I can't play this. Mm. See, I think that's something, though. That's another element of the movie being dated. In Raiders, you know, Indy's got this, like, partner. He's got this badass chick. And I think the mm. idea is how does Indiana, you know, operate with, instead of a tough chick, some nagging, annoying hoe bag? Hoe bag? Oh. Oh. And as I recall, I mean, I remember <laughs> seeing the theater, and Willie Scott, she's annoying, but. It was really funny, you know, just because you have to deal like you're on Indy's side dealing with this, and, and right. plus she's kind of hot. Yeah, I don't she's know. It's almost like she's... another trap for him, right? Right. <laughs> you know, like when the when the when the uh, the floor is closing in. That one of my favorite scenes in that movie is that where you know I step where you step, I touch nothing, where the spikes coming down on him. Yeah, right. And yeah. Uh, I mean, just that that thing where he grabs his hat through the door closing. It makes me cringe every single time. Still. That's... That's still got my fa- one of my favorite music cues of any of the uh, indie films. That bump, bump, ba da da bump. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And then it gets faster. Like, that like, sequence when it starts again. That, yep, don't, 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 don't. It's great. Yeah, but yeah. So when when they're stuck in there and she's trying to climb through the passageway and she's like, you know, oh, there's things, you know, there's there's two uh, dead people in here and he's like, you know, there's about to be two more in here. Come on, you know, it's, yeah. it's like she just she really just adds to the tension of the situation. She makes things worse for him. You know, where I it's like, I, I, I mean, uh, Marion Raven was not even in half the movie because she got like blown up in a fake in a fake basket or something, you know? Uh, she definitely so, makes yeah. things worse. I'll say that. Hey, guys, do you think that if Temple of Doom was a standalone movie that wasn't part of the Indiana Jones thing, would it be more or less successful than it was? Much more. People would yeah, love it. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think I agree, too. I think it's maybe it's kind of weighted down by its comparison to the others because and it also diverges from them stylistically and like in terms of kind of overall structure so maybe yeah maybe that's that's one of the things that i really hate about it that they you know that it doesn't have the signature moves right and yeah maybe if it was like what song was just saying about how it's just totally a different (laughs) world and it's got these fantasy elements that's kind of that is kind of cool i just can't really accept it as an indiana jones thing i was just like what is this well monkey eyeball soup this is silly like this isn't like an indiana jones movie let's see i had i had a bigger problem with last crusade because in last crusade indiana jones is suddenly just this whiny pussy Mm. and like at least in Raiders and in Temple Doom, he's just this I don't give a fuck badass that yeah, he's a badass still. He's a badass yeah. in both of them. And in the third one he's like worried about museums and history. Hey, and like only the penitent man may pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like his well, first No, he's worried about museums and history the whole thing. No, he's not. In the first, he's an archaeologist. No, he's worried about like, like fortune and glory. He's worried about like just fucking kicking ass. I mean, like the first two films, he's a borderline grave robber. You know.
the Indiana Jones movies are always they're all about the same thing. I, you know, I think my one of my big problems with Last Crusade is that it, it seems to be a repeat of the first one. I mean, I'm gonna say all, all the movies, all three of them, are kind of about you know, hey now, you know, that's just superstitious nonsense. And then the Andy's like, I believe now. Right. You know, that's that's sort of the essence of them. I I I always feel kind of cheated by um, by Last Crusade being another thing about about uh christianity it, although it could be argued that the first one is about judaism but right um you know judaism christianity and islam are all the same religion so that's i guess that's the frustration for me on on one hand and and that's sort of compounded by uh, the fact that the movie is constantly referencing the first movie i think that that you know like okay you know he's walking through and Elsa's like, what's that? And he goes, the Ark of the Covenant. Are you sure? Pretty sure. You know, like that kind of stuff. It's just like the whole movie is through is 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 full of that stuff. A lot of Temple Doom's ideas are leftover Raiders stuff. Yeah. Like the mine car chase was originally in Raiders. Having him in a suit and the uh, him do- dodging bullets behind the rolling thing was a very early Raiders thing. Huh. Was it the whole opening sequence? Like the whole Club Obi-Wan thing was, was a Raiders deal? No, there was a scene where originally in the in an early draft of Raiders they have to go it's not just this it's like the staff of Ra and the the medallion and then there's like one other piece that he has to get in Asia somewhere. Hmm. So he's in like some sort of like Asian gangster temple kind of thing and there's a point where like they're shooting at him and he's rolling and running behind a gong. One of the best scenes in so that Raiders when that, that huh. crazy sword fighter guy is intimidating him and then he just takes his gun and shoots him. Yeah, they actually make a little reference to that in Temple of Doom, yeah. and his son's not there, you know? Right. It's before <laughs> that it happens. Right. So that's why, he, always, that's why he had his gun in Raiders, probably. Exactly. Like, can't let that happen again. Well, <laughs> that's why he's so confident when he does it, too. He's like, yeah. all right, it's this like, time I got it. I find it interesting how him and Han Solo have the same exact uh, situation. And where face. they run chasing and then get like chased by like 100 dudes. Right. Yeah. But yeah, the yeah. guy in the Rock Crusher is the same guy who fights in Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 It's the same guy who fights Both twice. The Cairo Raiders. Swordsman twice and the, the, yeah. the Nazi who gets his head chopped off by the plane. Pat Roach. He, and he's also, yeah, he's also in the shootout at the Raven earlier. Wow. Nice. Is he? In That's Raiders. That's crazy. So he's three guys in Raiders. No, he's, two, no, he's, wait, who's, no, he's two guys in Raiders. Three, I think. Wait, is what it? are the three? So he's, he's the Cairo he's, Swordsman. Right, and he's the oh, guy. He the that, swordsman he's too? the guy that gets chopped up by the helicopter rotor or by right. the the plane rotor. Wait, I don't think is he the Cairo swordsman as well? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, let's see, let's see. It doesn't say that he's the swordsman. It says he's uh, he's in the Raven. He fights him in the bar, and then yeah. he's the mechanic, and then he's the mechanic, yeah. And then in uh, Temple of Doom, he gets killed twice. Twice, oh, really? Uh, he gets killed by the bullwhip, and he's the rock. The he gets killed by a rock crusher. Wow! Is he the guy that gets sucked up into the fan? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he was, yeah, he was in Crusade as well. That was, was one of, that was it one of was my biggest Sapo officer. But his fight scene with Indy got cut. Wait, oh. really? Yeah. There's a scene with a fight scene with him in Crusade, and they cut it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to see that shit. <laughs> There's some leftover stuff from the Raiders script. And then they originally wanted to film like Lucas had this idea about. Indy riding a motorcycle down the Great Wall of China. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah and they wouldn't let him. 
Yeah, dinos- so could, he couldn't shoot in China. Yeah, wasn't it going to be chased by a dinosaur or something? Yeah, yeah that's that right. Was, by that was going to lead to an adventure in like a Lost World kind of forest <laughs> area, which was oh, I never full heard of dinosaurs. That. Wow. Yeah. He, uh, I guess he must have recycled that for Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was in uh, Red Tails. There was that scene in Red Tails. <laughs> Where they're chased by a dinosaur down there. Yeah. Take that, Mr. Hitler. Take that, Mr. Rex. <laughs> the two greatest villains in history. Hitler and Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Rex. The Uber Rex. <laughs> <laughs> riding a T-Rex is a formidable villain. God damn. I want to see that. What is your biggest pet peeve with the film? Well, I was feeling a little bit this thing that I talk about with a lot of new movies, which is peril fatigue. What? Where's peril fatigue. Stop. Okay. It's just like, all right, here's a problem. Oh, here's a danger. Here's a problem. Here's a something else. And like, it has to keep kind of building up and being, I mean, it wasn't, Anywhere near as bad as a lot of current movies. Yeah. But if you throw in so much danger, it stops feeling like you stop being involved in it because I can see that. you don't feel it's actually right. dangerous. It's just, oh, yeah. here's some stuff going on. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's, more, it's actually a more successful attempt at what they were trying to do with Raiders, which was just make a silly throwback serial film because it really is like every 10 minutes there's some sort of action sequence with a cliffhanger and they get out of it. And right. it's not heavy, and there's not, like, really a strong through story, you know, where, like, there's no Belloc character, right. where Belloc gets to come up and set the end. Like, Molaram, you have no idea who the hell this Molaram guy is. I think the first time you see it, you don't even know what the hell his name is. Like, you have no idea. He's kind of like a, a boss in a video game where he's just sitting around doing right. his thing, and then you walk in and kill him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like every boss in a video game. Uh says his name on the bridge. I think that's the first time. It's implied he's that he's evil because he rips people's <laughs> hearts out. But right, he's performing <laughs> ritual. How does how does Indy even know his name though? When does Indy learn of Molaram's name? Uh, uh, maybe that was part of drinking the black blood of the Kali. Is his name <laughs> even in the movie? No, or is he like an it. bigger name where he's never actually known in the movie? They say it pretty early on after he shows up. I forgot. I forgot oh, how, yeah. it, how they do. it comes they in. They say it in chants, like they're like uh, Molaram, Shugaram, Molaram, right. Shugaram. Yeah, but his name could be Chugaram. I don't know. I still. Well, if you're going with names, I mean, short round still is befuddling. You know, <laughs> like like well, I, I love know- when he introduces him and he's like, "Oh, this is Miss Scott and Mister Round." Ms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> short round. It's like not even the like. I mean. It- it has nothing to do with his heritage or anything. It's just like two random words stuck together. <laughs> All the characters are named after dogs of the different people. Like uh, what it, was it? Spielberg's dog was Willie. Really? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think I read that somewhere once. And one of the huh. screenwriters' dogs was Short Round. But like, you still got to have. You, All right, I get naming a character after a dog, but you got to be a little selective, right? Like, if your <laughs> dog's name is like. Cheeto poop shit. You don't name it <laughs> Cheeto poop shit. That would make the movie really interesting. <laughs> Depends on the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely would have gotten a PG thirteen. Cheeto poop shit and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
Okay, so that was our conversation about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Uh, I want to thank Damon, Steve, Song, and Joe. Good people. And I also want to thank Safari Attack for providing the theme song and the music running throughout. Uh, some of the members of Safari Attack are now in Summer Villains, who also provided our outro song, which you're about to hear, which you'll find strangely appropriate. There you go. All right, and we'll see you shortly. We'll see you, I don't know, should I say we'll see you soon, see you next week? Yeah, we'll see you when we see you. Should I tease the uh, the next topic, too? Sure. Yeah, I like that idea. Huh? Yeah, let's tell them what, what's coming next. Also, you should just keep this in since it's our first one. <laughs> yeah, why not? We'll see. Uh, so we'll be back shortly in a week or two with uh, another episode where we discuss the Sega Dreamcast. So we'll see you then. Darling, don't rebel my heart like Molaram. I'm a paper man that floats about in the sea. I'm a ceiling in the forest of redwood trees. I'm a raft and a stick in an ocean dry. I'm Wallace, oh poor Wallace from season one.
I'm going to dress like Zardoz for Halloween. See how long <laughs> before I get arrested.